Let's do it, Nasri. Let's do it. Welcome to the Coconuts Podcast. Today is March 4, 2022. The Coconuts Podcast is your home for top trending news and pop culture from all across Southeast Asia and Hong Kong. I'm Andrew Nasri. And I'm Samantha Beltran. Hi, Andra. Hey, yo. So, a little birdie told me, or a little bat mm-hmm. told me, mm-hmm. that you went out to see the Batman. Bruce Wayne. I'm sorry. I wouldn't be bothering you here, but your people keep telling me you're unavailable. So, how was it? How was, how was our bats? I think I think this is a movie that would uh, divide opinion. Even though, like, I've been seeing reviews and a lot of people are raving about it, uh, especially critics. It's a critics movie, absolutely. It's it's just gorgeous every single frame, you know. Um, but you are you are a critic. You're a huge critic. No, no, no. no. Like I enjoy <laughs> movies, but I wouldn't know what mise en scène means. You know? Do you? <laughs> I'm sure you do. Come on, you just said it. No, I no, like. I probably have to look it up. I, yeah, it's just the first thing that came I love. in my head. But anyway, no, yeah, the so, Batman. So, but yeah. If anybody, okay, if okay. anybody had any doubts about Robert Pattinson, because they only knew him from the Twilight movies, which were atrocious. Um, okay. <laughs> I can't. I can't believe those <laughs> movies were made. Um, yeah. If anybody had any doubts shove him out the window he's fantastic and so were the supporting cast like cool um so he's nothing like Catwoman edward cullen was... then oh no he's brooding he's kind of brooding like edward cullen but he's more psychologically <laughs> tortured okay and not and not in a weird uh teenage angsty kind of way but like oh yeah well you just gotta see it i don't want to spoil anything it's great okay it's, it's my favorite movie since dune yeah okay cool yeah. all right then before cool. we get into Oh, we have something special planned later on today. We're going to talk about quarantine free travel to Bali, which is happening very soon. But before we get into all that, let's get into the top stories of the week. From a man painting artwork with his teepee to alien worshippers in Bangkok, Coconuts TV brings you wacky and impactful documentaries from across the region. Don't miss out! Head down to our Coconuts TV YouTube channel to subscribe and enjoy. So in Indonesia, this week's kind of a weird one. We have like, we just came off a long weekend. So not much has has happened news-wise in Indonesia. But I guess the biggest, biggest, uh, probably most relevant piece of uh, news um, for the general public is that you can now, we can now get our booster shots just three months after our second jab it was um yeah though they really want to expedite the the booster shot rollout previously Mm -hmm. it was six months i believe it's six months in manila too right in philippines right right yep it is six months yeah so yeah um before this um the three-month interval rule was only uh uh, applicable to the elderly that's uh people 60 years old and above but now they've updated the rules and now people age 18 to 60 can also get their booster shot following a three-month interval and i know a lot of people who were waiting for um their turn after the initial six-month interval i know that now they can go go and get theirs and some have already gotten theirs um just a bit sooner than expected which is great that is great so 
Um, do kids, are, are kids going to get their booster shots as well? Um, I'm not sure. When did it start in Indonesia? Oh, yeah. So uh, kids aged 6 to 11 only re began receiving their primary shots, their first two doses in December 2021. Okay. And that program is still ongoing. I my kid my kid got her second shot in January, so um she's all good. But there hasn't been any cool. like um announcements uh for booster shots for little children yet. I'm sure there will be um uh, somewhere down the line. But I don't know. I don't know. Like the cases are plateauing and um it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like COVID doesn't feel like a threat anymore. Uh, at this point, you know, right, right, no, um, yeah, that is pretty exciting. Um, would you know how far along Indonesia is in terms of the vaccination rate? Um, yeah, we've been vaccinating like at least around five hundred thousand people per day. That's including the first uh, jab, second jab, and the booster shot. Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> but you know, we are a massive country, two hundred seventy million population total, and as of now, I think just over 50% have received their second um dose um okay that, so that's that's around 140 something million um yeah it's a tough job but um slowly and surely it's everybody's getting it well i mean you know i hope you know the 3 months period like after getting the booster like i really hope that it does encourage more people to go out and get vaccinated like good on you guys i, I hope like the 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 turnaround time here were short like as short as that mm. yeah but you've got yours right Wait. uh yeah i did i did get my my booster shot because i i yeah i got my my second shot sometime last year and it brought me yeah like i got it exactly six months after after my second dose so yeah but you know a lot of people have still been waiting on theirs like my in-laws are still waiting on theirs just because mm. you know like the wait the waiting time is yeah it's still at six months but yeah like hopefully you know regulations everywhere do change that like would yeah. you know whether other countries would have like was is this like a like was Indonesia following the lead of another country that has successfully done a three month booster shot or would you like was this you know on your own accord or something? I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure they um, they did their own studies as well Indonesia but cool. it was based yeah. on I I, I want to say the U S sure or or sure. like Israel. But yeah. you know they wouldn't. They would never admit to uh, copying Israel for obvious reasons. <laughs> um, for obvious yeah. reasons. But yeah. would you know if this applies to different um, brands of the vaccine, or is it only limited to certain brands? For the booster shot, you mean? Yeah, for the booster shot. Yeah. Yeah, um, most of it is the mRNA-based vaccine, right, right? Pfizer and Moderna. But Moderna, uh, yeah. the AstraZeneca vaccine also is a part of the booster program. So are the Sinovac and Sinopharm vaccines, but they're not really in demand as a, as a booster shot. But I know right. that for a few weeks now, the Pfizer supply has, at least in Jakarta, like where I live, and it's kind of dried up. So a, a lot of people have no choice but to get AstraZeneca as their booster shot, which is which is fine, I suppose. Right, it's fine. Yeah, for mm. sure. I mean, you know what they say: any vaccine is is a good vaccine. Exactly. 
on over to Bangkok. So I'm pretty sure, Andra, like around the world, like anything that anyone's been talking about is, you know, of course, the conflict between Ukraine and Russia. And over mm. in Bangkok, we do have a Thai national who volunteered to be part of the international, like the Ukraine International Legion, which is basically, you know, it's it's an army of international volunteer, you know, like volunteers going against, you know, the Russian invasion. Yeah, so we have a, a Thai national who joined that. He is a former airman who signed up at Ukraine's Bangkok embassy. And yeah, what he did was he just basically walked in and carried his passport and proof of military experience. So he is a former airman at the Royal Thai Air Force. Yeah, so he said, so basically he walked in and told the staff that he was there to enlist to help Ukraine's army fight off the Russian invaders. And he said in an interview with Coconuts that, you know, he wants the Ukrainian people to know that they're not alone and that he's not there as a Thai national, but as a human being. Yeah, so um, after oh, participating, yeah, I know. And, and I mean, this guy, he's been... I, I, I guess he was very much, I mean, and anyone really, like, especially when you put a human face to what's happening. Like he was, like he was touched by images and clips of, you know, of Ukraine people, like real people um, suffering because of the attacks. And he was in particular touched by a story of a Ukrainian couple who rushed to tie the knot while missiles were raining down on Ukraine. And, you know, after um, this couple got married, they signed up to join the army to fight for their, you know, to fight for their country. Yeah, so he did participate in protests um, back home in, in Bangkok. But, you know, after they've been unsuccessful, he decided to fight for democracy abroad. Yeah, so he also says, like, he realizes the risks and that, you know, at the at the protests in Bangkok, the worst is that, is that he got beaten and arrested. But this time, if he were to reach Ukraine successfully, he might end up dead. So, yeah. you know, it's it's a very, it's, it, it really speaks to how, like, you know, you know that it's between Ukraine and, and Russia. And, you know, much has been said about how, you know, like, you know, some people, they even say things about like how, you know, we're paying too much attention to Ukraine when it's not the first time that, you know, like, like a country's democracy has been threatened, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, like we could, we could argue about those things, but at the end of the day, you know, war really affects people. Like, you know, it tears families, it mm. tears individuals apart, you know, it, it, it really harms communities. And I guess it's not hard to empathize with that, you know, no matter what side of, you know, the world you're from. Exactly. I'm not. I'm really not a fan of that whataboutism, and uh, of course there are double standards. You know, uh, that's, that's exactly that's unavoidable in this you know the political climate of the world. But people are suffering no matter what. The Ukrainians exactly. Are um, and if this guy, like, this guy, this is a massive commitment. Not only like, do you know? Do you know if obviously he could risk his life, right? But he's right. doing this out of you know out of his own dime too exactly that's, that's, exactly that's gonna that's not cheap like going over there at this time especially no right exactly so um so how it goes is that if you decide to volunteer to join the legion so they're going to waive like they're going to waive the requirements so you could you could get there and they're definitely going to accept you with open arms and you know arm you as as needed but to actually get there so meaning the airfare you would have to do that as you mentioned mm. on your own dime 
So that's another hurdle that he and another friend who also decided to volunteer, who is also a, a former soldier. That's another hurdle that they have to to cross. But, you know, definitely, I mean, I guess if he really does find the resources to do so, it's it's as good as, you know, it's as good as him really flying over there and joining the fight. Yeah, I hope he and his friends stay safe and everybody in Ukraine from both sides of of the conflict you know it's not no definitely like, we 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 know like for a fact that a lot of russian soldiers themselves weren't really aware what was going on before they were thrust into ukraine and having to invade exactly. their cousins their their you know their extended family so exactly and i mean you know it's going to, it's 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 an entirely other can of worms you know trying to get into you know the politics of you know um whether people actually like in russia actually want this or not but you know definitely we know that you know war really affects everybody on on either side so there's no clear cut mm. yeah yeah fucking war <sighs> All right, then on to Singapore. Um, Sam, you know, um, cat collars suck. They do. Oh, my God. Guys, like, ah, ah. see, Just no fucking words. stop Just it. Okay. And grunts. Exactly. You, you do not sound. I don't know what I don't know what cat collars are trying to achieve. It's fucking uh, small dick energy. You know what I mean? It's fucking beta attitude. Like, fuck off, dudes. Fuck off. Yeah. You know. You're not. Yeah. You're not wooing anybody. You're not. I don't know what. Yeah. Fuck. Anyway, in Singapore, <laughs> this woman. This woman was left dumbfounded. You know, after a, a, a recent incident in which she said that a man. She threw like some of the most ridiculously inappropriate comments at her, and she took to TikTok to air her grievances as one does these days you know i like i don't blame her it's um a lot of the times cat like cat calling doesn't deserve the amount of hate that it uh it gets generally like you're not you can't really report this to the authorities most police uh officers don't give a shit about this you know what i mean exactly and like the law isn't isn't really on your side either um so yeah i i get i get it when people uh take to social media uh, first and foremost, to um, you know, to report about assholes, um, exactly like this man who, according to um, this woman who goes by the TikTok handle Nutison with uh, two O's instead Nutison. of uh, two zeros instead of an O, she claims that he made kissy noises at her at her and said, uh, and I quote, "I really like your tights, man. I wanna lick your pussy." But essentially, he just went I really like your tights, man I want to lick your pussy He said that And I, and I processed it And immediately, I, I just went What the fuck do you just say? Um, oh my so, yeah. god <laughs> So, uh, for context this, this, this woman was on her way to the gym In gym attire When the sure. guy just drove up next to her and open like rolled his windows down and said what I just um, quoted earlier. Oh my god! What a fucking idiot! <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I I, I want to like I want to quote a bit of her anger. She said, uh, "Who the fuck has he d- done this to? There are so many other petite girls out there. So so many girls who just walked away in silence without ever confronting him. He would never have thought that anyone would fucking confront him, uh, which she did. 
Right. Apparently she confronted well, him. But yeah, you, if you want to see what what went down, you don't really see like the video of it happening. Um, it's just okay. her narrating what this man allegedly said. But she did like get a couple of photos of him uh, in the car. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you know, as as a woman, you know, I really empathize with her. And you know, I'm I'm sure that you know other people are going to say a lot of things. You know, they're going to probably blame her or for like you know like blame her like why why were you wearing that like on your way to the gym like why didn't you cover up like why didn't you wear a jacket or something but you know i mean first of all that's never like it's never a foolproof defense against you getting catcalled i mean i have gotten catcalled in the most ridiculous things like i mean the most you know sexless things i mean mm. you, you you know you know what i mean and i mean and again why are we putting the blame on her like it doesn't matter if she was in yoga pants and in, in you know in a, in a bra or a sports bra i mean mm. you 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 just don't do that you know yeah yeah so yeah I, to- really, I totally get it yeah like in in indonesia there's this um you know, a lot of this is like a majority Muslim country, right? And a lot of women are modestly dressed. They wear the hijab and everything, but still, right. but still, those women, those hijab wearing women, still say that they get catcalled all the time. It's not about the. It's not about. It's never about the victim. It's never the victim's uh, fault. I mean, exactly. it's always it's always the catcaller's fault. It's always the sexual abuser abusers exactly. fault. it's always the assaulters uh, fault um and to uh victim blamers i just want to say lick my fucking balls <laughs> that's a great they way get me they, they, they're re- they make me really angry i want to punch one in the face that's a that's a really great way to put it but yeah guys seriously don't do it like it's fucking beta attitude you're not impressing anybody well said <sighs> okay so from fucking idiot cat callers in singapore we now head to hong kong where supermarket shelves have been stripped bare amid lockdown fears as panic buying has ensued across the city due to fears of a possible lockdown so mm. yeah so you know like if, if you've seen the pictures like this welcome outlet in saying pun like you could see shelves that were once filled with meat and fresh produce like just swept clean by a lot of panic buyers and you know, like people have been going there. Like, so um, there's a resident in a neighborhood who said that she visited the the shop at 1 p.m. and said that there was close to nothing left. And, you know, like the panic buying was worsened by the closure of markets like the Saing Pan market, for example, for disinfection reasons. And yeah, so it's like if, if you scroll through the, the, the pictures, like definitely you see several outlets like this taste outlet owned by park and shop you see a lot of people and you know not a lot of stuff left like you see closed doors and yeah and it says here that the panic buying frenzy has also spread to its online stores as well with people queued up in line yeah to receive or purchase or process their their deliveries yeah so like in a in another e-shop for example there was a wait of about 14 minutes just to enter the online shop and you know, with no time slots available for delivery in the coming 12 days, which is crazy. I mean, if you if you needed, you know, a week's worth of groceries for that week, like you'd have to wait more than a week just to get those supplies. Yikes. And, you know, I yeah, I mean, it's it's really terrible. So I really hope that, you know, people manage to to cope. And I was going to say yeah, so, that mm-hmm. this reminded me of Indonesia 
mid 2020 or so, right? Sure. But this is way sure. worse. Like the rush is way worse. No, I know. I mean, in in Manila, for example, like um, I remember in 2020 as well, like you would see just groceries like filled to the hilt with so many people. And, you know, you see them like really just, you know, grabbing stuff and, you know, you running out of meat and everything. But I don't think we've ever had a situation where you had to wait for 12 days if you were to buy your groceries online. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's that, that, that's really horrible. So the story goes on to say that the panic buying was sparked by Hong Kong Secretary for Food and Health, Sophia Chan's comments, who said that the government was not ruling out a citywide lockdown to go along with the mandatory COVID-19 mass testing program, which will take place this month. And then rumors also ensued that, you know, Park and Shop, one of the city's biggest supermarket chains, was closing all stores temporarily. So um, Carrie Lam appealed to the public uh, not to fall prey to rumors to avoid unnecessary fears and, of course, unnecessary rounds of panic buying and said that the Mm. supply of food and goods remained normal. You know, like speaking of, like in Manila, like honestly, I guess the last thing that I remember was that when we ran out of paracetamol at one point in January because of the Omicron surge. Yeah, I mean, that was when everybody like, and you know, um, I wouldn't really know right now the hard figures uh, of how many people were sick. But from my experience, like this was just January this year, right? I mean, nobody was going to the hospitals because, you know, this was the Omicron surge and everybody was sick with the quote unquote the flu. But it was literally everybody you knew. And then you had to go around, you know, the drugstores and you couldn't buy any paracetamol at that point. Or I guess you could, but there was like this one brand that was sold out and then you could buy the generic ones, which is, I guess, you know, better, better than nothing. So but yeah, going back to Hong Kong, I really hope that that situation gets sorted out soon. That's, you know, because yeah. going, yeah, like groceries, like going going on for 12 days without groceries, that's pretty, pretty terrible. Yeah, good luck to everybody in Hong Kong. Yeah, good luck, you know, again. Yeah, hope the <laughs> situation gets better. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, speaking of grocery rush, um, something similar played out in Bali. Because, as you know, uh, Bali this week is celebrating, or rather, observing Nyepi. You know what Nyepi is? Could you please explain to the non-cultured Filipino here what Nyepi is? <laughs> so Nyepi is a Balinese Hindu uh, religious holiday. It, it translates to the Day of Silence. And basically once a year during Nyepi, Nyepi ba- Bali is like shut like there's no nothing going on for like the whole day because the people are expected to stay indoors and not like engage with worldly um, pleasures and worldly, you know, like duties and whatnot and just reflect, I suppose, for like the whole day. And you, you can't have electricity, you can't have, let alone like the internet, stuff like that. It's okay. just you know, like, you're, like you're in the dark and like reflecting about, Yes, I, I don't know. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to say something wrong, but that's that's basically the gist of it. That's pretty much but, the gist. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So for the past couple of years, like throughout the pandemic, you we all know that Bali has you know lost its tourists, right? But it's also lost what's called the ogo ogo, with which are like demon shaped effigies and statues uh, built by the Balinese people to be paraded on the eve of Nyepi. So this is like really, really, it's a really cool tradition where they 
go on uh, massive parades through the streets of Bali, through villages, and um, and and the they're really creative about their um, about their ogo ogo statues, right? And now the parades are allowed to uh, re- recommence this year, and we're seeing again a lot of um, really really cool uh, statues like featuring COVID nineteen as a theme, right? Uh, we saw, okay. we saw like, we saw like, uh, you know, Mike Wazowski from Monsters Inc. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. We saw, we saw him being depicted as like the coronavirus and kind oh, of right. scary with big scary teeth. That's kind of weird. But what's gonna happen in the end is that they're gonna burn them as a as an act of. They're gonna burn all these ogo ogo effigies right at the end of the parades as a as an okay. act of like self purification uh, right before Nyepi. It's really really cool stuff. Have you seen this in person? Have you ever seen a like the ogo ogo you know? No, unfortunately, I have oh. not. I have not been to Nyepi uh, to Bali during Nyepi because I have like in my previous visits to Bali uh, specifically avoided going to the island when this is happening because that involves like staying at your hotel for like the whole day and not being able to go out at all. Mm. Um, yeah, to respect the the traditions there. Well, but it's nice that you know like Bali can return to some of its traditions as how they're usually observed. You know, like I really hope it's it's the case for you know the rest of you know Indonesia and I guess other countries as well, where you know you have all these traditional holidays and you know you you don't have to kind of adjust as much. So, for example, here, so I mean, you know that the Philippines is predominantly Catholic, right? So we've actually just observed Ash Wednesday, whereas you know when you go to church and then they basically put uh, like an like they put ash on your forehead and the sign of the cross, but because of you know COVID restrictions, they usually resorted to like you know giving out cotton swabs with with ash or something so it kind of you know i mean i guess if you're an observer it takes away from the whole experience so yeah i really hope yeah it's kind of like you know signals a somewhat return to normalcy yeah and it's pretty it's pretty metaphoric pretty poetic in a, in a way that the effigies the ogo ogos this year are covid themed and that they 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 burn them at the end. Right. Uh, I hope it will signal like yeah the end of this whole fucking thing. You know. Exactly. Exactly. So on to Manila. So we're actually not going to be in Manila, but we are actually going all the way to Scotland, where the first Jollibee just opened in good old Edinburgh. So after it sold out, it's famous chicken joy and other delightful treats like the jolly spaghetti, cheesy yum burger, and the jolly sausage in West Malaysia. The bee has certainly been busy building its branches and spreading the chicken joy love all over the world. And now it has landed in Scotland, where Jollibee has opened to much fanfare as it opens to the public and is evidenced by the long lines in the photos that were taken on opening day. So, so yeah. I know. Damn how it. The, when is Jollibee? How the hell yeah. did Jollibee open in freaking Edinburgh before Jakarta? Well, I guess it boils down to the Filipino population. Like I know that's definitely yeah. a factor, but I would I would surmise that there is a sizable Filipino population in Jakarta. So oh, there's a handful. 
yeah, a handful. So yeah, maybe it's it. Yeah, maybe we gotta have more people Pinoys <laughs> going over to Jakarta. But yeah, so overseas Filipinos and locals lined up before 7 a.m. to order their favorite Jollibee menu items, um, especially including the chicken joy. But what's interesting is that you know the Scotland version of Jollibee is so much more bougie than the ones in Asia. <laughs> Because they have like unique dishes, like so they have an expanded chicken burger range, which I imagine would like fly over really well there. And then they've got loaded fries and a rice bowl and wrap. Like that is so much more like it is so much more well-rounded than the ones we have here, but you know, I can't really complain. So the first Jollibee opened on Princess Street, Edinburgh's main shopping capital, and is set to open in Glasgow next. So yeah, so like I told you, um, I guess the sizable population in, in the UK is a really huge factor as to why Jollibee opened there. So as of 2021, there are about 53,000 Filipinos who live in the UK. So yeah, I'm pretty sure all those 53,000 people are excited to get a taste of home yeah but uh, yeah i'm pretty sure too that there probably aren't that many filipinos in jakarta ah (laughs) yeah but you know i mean here's hoping because i do feel like you know the tastes of Jollibee. like i can imagine that it it will be appealing to you know the indonesian palate and you know like i told you if ever, you know, if ever it opens, I would love to just, you know, fly down there and force feed you like a serving <laughs> of jolly spaghetti. <laughs> That's gotta happen. No, yeah, yeah. Sweet yeah. sauce spaghetti. Weird. Um, <clears throat> but the chicken joy, not so weird. Yeah. Are, do they serve haggis inspired dish in uh, in Scotland? You know, not that I've seen, not that I've seen yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did down the line. So Jollibee does, you know, they offer limited edition items from time to time. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a haggis version soon. Hmm. So yeah. Yay for Jollibee. We're well, conquering the world. Though. Okay. One question though. What the fuck is that mascot? Like what is, is that a bee? Why, it is a, a bee. It's a Jollibee. Why is it red and yellow? Because red and yellow stimulates the appetite, Andra. Andra. Red and yeah. yellow, red and yeah. yellow, red and yellow. I mean, it doesn't sound right. You know what? I, I don't know what to tell you, but, you know, Jollibee <laughs> has been a fixture in my life since I was a kid. Like, you know, the coolest kids would have their birthday parties at Jollibee. And, you know, that mascot is a it's it's a it's a fucking fixture. You know, kids come up to him. You know, they love him. They punch him in the in the tail and in the belly and step on his large shoes. So, yeah, I mean, I was actually expecting him to wear a kilt. I mean, I think that's the one <laughs> yeah. thing that I'm disappointed in. Yeah. 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 Missed opportunity. And he has like the little, I know, Weird and he has a little red tux on. Isn't that cute? Mm, yeah. yeah. From anyway. Chicken Joy, from Chicken Joy to Beefcake. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the transition there. I like that. That's that pretty, pretty smooth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beefcake! 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 Anyway, uh, you know, last week we talked about uh, in Myanmar, there was this actress who was abducted by forces for being, you know, anti-junta and all that. 
But um, some positive news out of Coconut Yango on this week is that um, you may remember this guy. He, he uh, this Myanmar beefcake by the name Pine Takon. He's he was freed mm-hmm. after eleven months in junta captivity. If you don't know who Pine Takon is, I'm pretty sure you've prob- you've probably seen his uh, his photo, his shirtless photo. Photo um, that, that circulated a while ago. He, if if, he, mm-hmm. if you if you don't know what he looks like, he's basically like Aquaman, but with boyish features. He's More like a features. Disney prince. It's like if Aquaman and Prince Eric had a baby. <laughs> Wait, <who's laughs> That's prince what he Eric? would look like. Oh my God, Andra! Like Prince Eric of The Little Mermaid, Ariel. Oh him, Prince husband. Yeah, I, I, mean, I like, absolutely despise The Little Mermaid because of what okay. values it teaches to little girls, and and I, like a lot of Disney stories for that matter. You know, as a Disney baby, I would agree with you there. But my God, like the song, like like part of your world will go down as one of the best Disney songs that has ever come out of their repertoire. So a whole new world. Yeah. <clears throat> ah! uh, Fine. And yeah, and Jasmine's okay. Jasmine's just way more um yeah badass than freaking. No, yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah, Leah Salonga, you know, Filipino pride and everything. <laughs> anyway, let's anyway. get on cracking to Pang Takon. So Pang Takon, he's 25 now. He's been held for almost a year after he joined anti-coup protests. And, you know, he used the celebrity status to rally support for the cause. He was basically he's been described as somewhat of a like a freedom fighter right okay yeah but yeah he he's a he's a hunk uh, absolute an absolute hunk and that's how he became pretty well known and he's got a huge following not just in myanmar but in neighboring countries like thailand as well and wow. he's been he's been he was among like dozens of celebrities who who were thrown behind bars by the military for speaking out against them and for taking part in protests I mean, that definitely adds to his appeal, right? I mean, you know, like you realize that he's more than just, you know, a pretty face and a, and a hot bod because he can actually, you know, stand up, stand up to to his convictions, right? Stand, stand up for up, his yeah. convictions, rather. Yeah. So, you know, Pang Tak on a hunk and everything. But you know what makes him even cooler? What? Um, <laughs> <laughs> he owns an ice cream sandwich shop in Yangon. Okay, that's pretty cool, and we will <laughs> stop with a possible um, double. Yeah, in the I'm, I'm gonna, there I'm gonna, I'm so not... that we don't, so that we don't objectify this. this yeah, yeah, celebrity. yeah. I, I'm totally. I, I was going. I was thinking about making like ice cream related puns, ones that you that use that incorporate the word lick, maybe or. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to do that because of what you just said. But anyway, as soon as um, Pintacon was released, he was at his ice cream sandwich shop where people, his fans flocked to see him and took photos with him for like some really uh, wholesome moments. And uh, yeah, hopefully those who speak out against the junta will be free. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm happy he's freed, but I hope, you know, all the other prisoners the political prisoners see you know their freedom as well because you know speaking up it's not a crime Mm. and just for a little bit of background like according to the assistance association for political prisoners in burma which is a human rights organization in thailand they said that more than 1500 people have been slain by security forces during anti-coup rallies across myanmar with 9399 more held behind bars those are just 
huge numbers. Those are huge numbers. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sh- like shit. Like you know, our hearts go out to to the people in Myanmar. But you know, good good to see that you know people like Pine Takon like have seen freedom, and I really hope it sparks. I, I mean, you know, it it really sets a precedent for the rest of the people who have yet to be free. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And as a side note, it looks like he's been keeping fit. I know. That's really impressive. That's really impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Good to see him in good shape. Absolutely. All right, then. Now is the time for us to receive our guest for the week. We are speaking with Coconuts Bali Managing Editor Amal, who will talk to us about quarantine-free travel in Bali. Hooray! That's good news. Have you been dreaming about that trip back to Bali, but you know, you've been turned off by all the travel restrictions, especially related to quarantine? Well, this week we're joined by Coconuts Bali Managing Editor Amal, who like Madonna likes to go by one name. And he's going to talk to us about the loosening of restrictions that's coming very, very soon in Bali, especially related to quarantine. Hello, Amal. Welcome to the Coconuts Podcast. Hi, Amal. Wow. Hi, everybody. How's my voice? Like, I'm using my seductive voice right now. Very madonna It <laughs> sounds amazing. Oh, thank you, darling. Madonna ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can use our normal voices now. Okay, if you have <laughs> like No, I, I personally don't mind, Andra. This is this is like you and my ASMR thing. You are so unsupportive with our voices. Okay, fine. <laughs> fine. I guess That's I'm fine. all for freedom of expression, I guess. So, yeah. Use whatever voice you want, Amal. Yeah. Anyway, I wanna I do wanna get us uh, started with um the first question to you, Mr. Bali expert, um, <laughs> you know, so we know that uh, Bali's tourism dependent economy, it's been absolutely battered throughout the pandemic, right? So can you give us like more insights in terms of the number of travelers and uh, all the tourism dollars that have been lost? According to the, the Bali chapter of the Indonesian Tourism Association, like in 2020 alone, like we lost around 9 billion US dollars uh, because of the pandemic. And the thing is like, I mean, I mean, those are numbers, right? But like for me personally, like I see Bali, like I've been here a couple of times before. Uh, I moved here around two years ago and I can say like, it's kind of scary now. Like um, uh, I'm in Ubud, the, I was in Ubud the other day and like all the place, some of the places that I thought was the bread and butter of the area is actually either closed or yeah i mean like or just being replaced so just like it's kind of sad because like it, it it's it really really it really really shows like how devastating like mm. in terms of the when, so when they say like battered like yeah it, it, it really is because i know people like i interviewed this guy who used to work as a hotel manager for like one of the resorts here and in the past, he would make like 10 million Indonesian rupiah, which is around 700 US dollars. That's actually already like three or four times the standard minimum payment here. But right now, like, I mean, well, he got laid off because of the pandemic. And now he's only making like maybe, maybe, maybe just like not even like 
two dollars a month uh, in one day. Like he's mm-hmm. doing uh, one of those Gojek or Grab or like. So that mm-hmm. that's just like I mean like when we put a face in these numbers, like yeah, it's even more devastating because they're everyday people. This is, this could be my someone I know, you know. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that nicely. I mean that effortlessly takes us to our next question. So you mentioned that you'd moved two years ago. So how would you compare Bali then, like before the pandemic and during the pandemic? Could you like, you know, give us a scene what the situation is like? It's not, it's like, it's like night and day. That's how different it is. Mm. And it's like, there's this one road in Saminyak. Uh, Well, I'm gay. So of course, like I I can talk about the gay experience in Bali, like uh, as an example, like there's this one street uh, in Saminyak. They, They used to have four gay bars. Uh, you know, with drag shows and it's usually got and it's basically like a melting pot of all of the gays. <laughs> like okay. uh, either 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 your visitors or like your expats who are living here for a while or you're just locals or like or just like domestic travelers. Like you just want to see you want to you want to meet people. Right. Like before pandemic, when I was here, it was full. Like it was like literally like sometimes it got so full that some people even have to watch the drag performance from outside of the gay bar that that's how (laughs) packed it was but now like you go it's like not even half of that place where where you know it was half empty and i think uh, we're talking about like uh, let's see around 50 i guess like they 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 can they can use they can allow like a maximum of around 50 people i guess or 70 perhaps at the maximum but like maybe half or even fewer people can go, can come in there now because of the pandemic. Mm. So it's, it's just really show how quiet it is now. Yeah. Um, you know, based on your observation, is that, you know, the quietness, is that more to do with the lack of tourists uh, or is it more to do with people in Bali being compliant with mobility restrictions like uh, the one we have in Indonesia, Pepe Kayan? Oh, definitely the tourists. De- definitely mm. the lack of tourists. Okay. I mean, like, I can say that almost confidently because, like, um, here's the thing, like, um, and, and I say this, like, just the reality, like, in reality, like, only certain parts of Bali that people are really, really uh, following the, the social restrictions and the PBKM. Mm-hmm. and w- which is understandable in a way i mean i'm not saying that is i'm not i'm not gonna go black and white here like it's really not about right or wrong but it's just reality mm-hmm. like you know um because at the end of the day like it's basically for them it's about making money right and on the other hand like when it, when we're talking about the number of for example like those like i said like i mentioned earlier like stores closing down or like people losing jobs and everything like i, I think i think we can say it's it, it's purely because of the lack of tourists not you know not not really about people following any restrictions like we even have a joke here like if you go to some places uh in bali and then you see indonesians like you can tell which one from jakarta <laughs> and <laughs> which ones are here for for a while because they say yeah the, the ones the, the ones from jakarta always wear masks <laughs> because because they're the yeah because they're they're more used to it they're more used to uh you know being following all of this uh the rules restrictions yeah yeah i mean yeah i have planned like i you know i do have plans to go yeah and the whole time i'm imagining myself there i am wearing a mask so (laughs) yeah (laughs) i guess aside from the mask it's the it's the license plate right on our cars 
Well, yes and no because, <laughs> because yes, it's because like I don't know, like based on my observations, like we can't really use that as a, as a, you know to determine which ones from Jakarta because like well, mm. a lot of Jakartans will they come here and then they will you know rent a car here for example right, and then right. it's, it's kind of yeah. funny like I, I just met uh i just met my colleague well my former colleague now turned friend uh, she's visiting bali and then she i i saw that she's driving this car with a pla- with the plat with you know with the letter b from jakarta mm-hmm. and then i was like hey like are you driving here and just like no i rent i rent i rent it and I was Ooh. like, yeah, but the but the license plate. And, and she was like, yeah, for some reason, they, they, they ran cars with Jakarta plate here. <laughs> so I, we just Is that like a status <laughs> symbol thing? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know. It, it got me wonder, like, maybe there is there a stereotype if you're driving with yeah. the Jakarta plate? Like, maybe you, you'll see in more cool. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. But like... <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, you know, instead of alienating Sammy here with our Indonesia-centric talk, <laughs> I ask you. I want to sure. ask you about international travel restrictions. What what exactly have been imposed um, in Bali throughout the pandemic? Well, up until a month ago, I think a couple of weeks ago, like obviously there's no direct flight here. Uh, that's that's the one. I mean, I'm 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 talking like in the past two years. Of course, like like the government starting October, uh, they already announced that they will gradually open again the international airport. But in terms of like travel restrictions, that really really that we really really that we really really felt is the direct flight uh the ones that actually come to bali directly and not from jakarta mm-hmm. like that and also um and even if you got here from jakarta like they you have to get into quarantine and they kept changing uh yeah even if you're yeah uh, oh yeah exactly sorry i mean like even after even after you arrive in jakarta you have to be in quarantine first before you can come to bali for example so it's actually yeah, it's quite. Um, I talked to some of the business owners here in Bali, and they're, they're they're quite disheartened by that because, like, they said, like, well, it it basically telling tourists to not come here if you're making it too restricted. I know some right. people. Uh, I know some people come here anyway with business visas, for example, um, which is basically a bribe. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm, I'm I, I, maybe I'm gonna get in trouble by saying that, but it, but but basically, it's a bribe. It basically. <laughs> But basically, it's a bribe because you, you have to like hire a local and I put that on quotation uh, on quotations like sponsor, which is basically mm. this like agent and you have to pay them more and then they were going to make it sound like you're here on business when you're sure. not like you're here for leisure. So, yeah, th- th- those are the restrictions that like like really, really that we really, really see. Mm. Wait, sorry. Enlighten me. So it. when it was so when you get a business visa, that means you can squ- you can skip quarantine entirely and does that no. entitle you to like a longer okay okay no, so no, no. what would uh, be you, the, the, the difference yeah you, you'll stay you, you, uh you can stay here longer basically i mean for example like uh mm. back back in the day oh my god i was talking back in the day like like, visa, <laughs> like you can take like visa on arrivals and i think i think you can stay for like 30 days or yep. something uh, but like okay. now like i mean well on the, the the good side the the bright side is like you can see you can stay for like three months two or three months but yeah like it, it yeah it it costs more because yeah you have to pay this you have to pay for the you have to pay for the visa agents to basically uh, set you up with like a sponsor so you can enter and then of course you have to be in quarantine and uh, for like ten days I think 
and sure. these hotels and these hotels like i mean they're not they're not like like super super you know fancy but but still like it's not it's not cheap hotels so that and then timestamp right. and then you have to take two pcr tests and like and then yeah it it, it, it it's like it's like this parade of requirements that you have to you know that you have to meet in order to come here but yeah up until now at least Wow, damn, that's like so much. It's like you're already spending a fortune before you even get to spend like your actual budget when you're on the island. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah. So, uh, just a personal note, like, like, uh, I, I, at one point, uh, I worked for like a, like a travel company here, like, you know, running Mm -hmm. trips in like around the eastern part of Indonesia. So, I, I, I kind of dealt with like, you know, people coming here on this type of visa and like that, that's including like calling the hotels, like making sure, for example, like, oh, you have balcony, do you have a bathtub, you know what I mean? So we're we're trying to like, for the lack of a better term, like we try to sell the hotel (laughs) and like we're, Mm -hmm. we're like some, I mean, I, I experienced this firsthand because I actually have to make it. I have to convince travelers coming here that hey, quarantine is not a bad thing. You can <laughs> right. like like you can watch Netflix. You can have a bathtub. You, <laughs> you know, and then and then like as I write, I was like, oh my god, like I, this is weird. <laughs> like like how how are you supposed to sell quarantine? Like no. <laughs> wow, you know? you've got the real insider info then. Yeah, <laughs> it just so happened <laughs> that, that yeah, it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, so. Bali, it, you know, it, it reopened to international tourists in, you know, in October of last year. Mm-hmm. But why did it take until February for the first commercial international flights to arrive? Like, do you shed some light on that? Yeah. Um, well, the announcement came in October. At the time, it was like 19 countries, uh, not for mm-hmm. all tourists. It took a while for them to, for the government to finally like open for all nationalities. And that, this is that, that's the funny thing. So even even though it was announced like that, but we have to bear in mind that the October announcement for uh, allowing international arri- uh, arrivals, there's also those requirements that we just discussed. You know, like the ten day quarantine, like the fully vaccinated, you know, and everything. Sure. And then like, and then the hotels that they assign for you know to be in quarantine in bali like they're even fancier than the ones in jakarta so like yeah. it it costs a lot <laughs> like you know it costs a fortune <laughs> so 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 like uh, i was actually a little bit um well not disappointed but more like those news that were opening in october i mean they're not wrong but it's not how they put this like it's not it's not complete like the whole story is not complete like you know like like people forgot to add like the butts you know like all of the butts of going oh you can come to bali but 10 day quarantine Bye. here you have to pay for yourself and like, you know yeah so so it's it's so, basically sorry uh, you, on, just um, it's basically saying that only rich people can come here like that's yeah the conclusion yeah, for sure yeah. Yeah. yeah so you know um in february then there were fewer butts right um yeah and we saw we've seen we've been seeing like a handful of international flights coming in from i believe japan and singapore and mm-hmm. it's been a couple of weeks since then do, do you see any changes changes in the tourism situation in bali today um or is there do you see like an uptick in numbers 
Mm, uh, well, I did see uh, from local news the other day, um, like the, the first the first surfer, they say like there's this this guy like, you know, with the surfboard <laughs> coming off a plane, like coming coming into the international airport and some people were like, yay, finally, we got our first surfer. Yeah. <laughs> <Aww. laughs> uh, which is which is which is actually yeah it's, it's a bit like it's quite how do i put this like it, it's 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 really really nice to see you know like yeah you finally like we didn't have to wait uh, that long like mm. although i i must say i must say like in terms of like uh something that i really really see like i don't really i haven't seen like that much of a difference like i mean yeah maybe maybe it's slow it, it's a bit it's gonna take a while i guess for it to be like fully fully back to belly like where it was um but yeah i mean like i do see like like some places are kind of like you know they feel invigorated you know they yeah. they have more extra pump now like sure. yeah they're they're uh, i interviewed actually uh, the other day like i interviewed some local businesses and they were like oh yeah we're excited it's, a, it's about time like finally it's been too long you know what i mean so like yeah. the the spirit you know the spirit and like they're they they feel encouraged I guess this time because now it's real and now they actually see planes start coming so they feel more encouraged now yeah well, that sounds positive <laughs> so yeah <laughs> well on that note uh what is happening to the quarantine requirements in bali in come mid-march like yeah w- what are we going to expect well uh a senior minister uh by the name of Luhut Panjaitan, like, well, he's officially, he's the coordinating minister for maritime affairs and investment, but like he has uh, an extra uh, job <laughs> as, as someone who oversees the COVID-19 restrictions. And actually, it's, it's actually quite uh, encouraging. Like they, they have this plan of making Bali like a, like a, as a pilot project because they actually want to end the quarantine requirements altogether for the whole Indonesia, but they will, but that, but that's not going to be until April the 1st. Well, according to plan, April the 1st will be the, the soonest they will do that. But, uh, Mr. Panjaitan like did say like they want to use, uh, Bali as a, you know, the test drive destination. Uh, they plan to be, uh, on paper. It should be on March 14, maybe sooner on March 14. Like they will try to like, make sure international visitors arriving to not undergo quarantine. Uh, that is actually quite um, encouraging because I think, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. As of uh, recently, uh, they, they already say like the requirements for the quarantine is, is not only three days, it's only for three days uh, mm-hmm. for visitors who are who already received the booster vaccines. So, yeah, I think we can see uh, more progress like because Bali, Bali, like one thing that we have to give the Bali government credits, like they're actually quite aggressive in a good way. Like they've been quite aggressive mm-hmm. in like, you know, encouraging people to get vaccinated. And like the Bali province is among the highest rates of full people would f- have been fully vaccinated compared to uh, some parts or other parts of Indonesia. Like Bali is like among the top province where vaccinations are, you know, on full force. And uh, the curve of the COVID-19 cases are actually quite flat in, in comparison to other places. So, and also like one thing that people need to know is like Bali needs this, more, I think Bali needs this uh, even more, like, because they really, really rely on tourism. So I think yeah. those those factors are, like, are in place. So they really want to, and it's been two years. So I think they really, really want to like mm. make sure this time Bali will open. So March yeah. 14, 
um, very likely no restriction. I mean, no quarantine uh, when once you arrive in Bali. But you know, did they did they announce anything related to if you are an international arrival and then you come in? You still have to do the PCR test, obviously, right? Upon arrival. Oh, yeah. it's, it's and if same. you test positive, yeah. um, have they issued guidelines regarding that? Like, do you still have to quarantine at a government well, facility or something? Well, if you're if you're positive, then yeah, you 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 will have to undergo the isolation. Uh, I think that's that's given, and 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 I don't see they're changing that plan. Mm. But one thing for sure, like uh, I think that I think they've. Uh, they've been hearing and listening to all of this um, insights from the local tourism businesses because a lot of them say like basically saying like well, well what's the point of what's the point of like making sure they get PCR tests and making sure they're fully vaccinated and then you're st- you still make sure that they're in quarantine even after you know the PCR tests are negative right. and they're being fully vaccinated so what's the point mm-hmm. of making them quarantine again like it's only gonna turn people off right yeah so I think I think that's the same thing with one thing that I want like, like like yeah so let's take a minute here and and just to like go back to the ground and I can just say like the thing with Indonesian policies are like they keep changing so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that oh, it might change <laughs> it might change again it's just given it's just how we do stuff here I guess but yeah but as and unless there's something huge coming up god i can relate uh, yeah <laughs> well when you, yeah. Said, yeah. when you said when you said something mm-hmm. huge like so what can can anything uh derail this quarantine free travel in mid-march in bali well uh, obviously the if the covid19 cases are increasing again i hope not um, does that look likely mm, well, yes and no, because like, I mean, like in terms of flattening, like, yeah, we're flattening. But the thing is like, I don't want to like, you know, scapegoating anybody, but like, but like the thing is like, we've been known for being complacent when things get, mm. you know, when things mm. get, when things get nice and suddenly someone fucked it up. You know? I mean, I'm sorry. Like, it's just, uh, we, we have to prepare for the worst. Like, like, I think in terms of like COVID-19, like we really have to apply the Murphy's law. You know, like you know, right. anything that can go wrong, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. I mean, you know, like knock on wood, but still, like sure. Uh, if the and then like I, I hope that I, I really, really hope like in terms of like social restriction rules and like everything, like the this time, like people really take it seriously and like yeah, and basically being non-discriminatory in terms of like, for example, like telling people to wear masks, for example. I was this at this establishment and the security officer told me to wear a mask. I mean, I forgot. And then he was like, where, where, where's your mask? And then I was like, okay. And then he gave me one. And then like, just like two seconds later, I saw two foreigners came in and, and they didn't wear a mask and didn't just ah. walk in and the security officer didn't say anything. Like it's a and whole other like, kind of worms in Bali, huh? I know. Like it's, we, we need to talk about this. You know what I mean? So, so, so like sure. this, yeah, this little thing, this little thing is that can that that can change. Like it, it might sound simple, but like yeah, like like that's what that's why I say like there's always a possibility of like COVID nineteen cases increase, and then oh, like sure. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I it's get like, it. I mean, it's it's all about having a solid contingency plan in place, right? And that includes, right. you know, like trying to make sure that the solid policies are in place and that they apply to everybody, or else, you know, one person's gonna like you said, like, is could possibly fuck things up for everybody, you know, for tourism, for the economy, for, every, mm. for everybody's health. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, on that note, so um, as you probably know, Amal, I'm from the Philippines. I've never mm-hmm. been to Bali, but you know the you know the upcoming lack of quarantine sounds very promising. So if I were to say go to Bali sometime this month or the next, what should I prepare in advance? A sense of humor. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that is, I was not expecting that answer. Okay, Sam does not have that. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me, Andra. What are you saying? Uh, no, I'm, ki- I'm kidding. Please, please don't get mad at me. <laughs> I'm no, gonna kill you. Fine. I'm kidding. Oh no! <laughs> well, that's a sense of humor. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I'm a sense of humor, as in, like, like you have to, you have to be. Uh, from what I heard from people coming here, well, I mean, this is like even before the, you know, the lowering restrictions and everything. But like, sometimes, like, it can happen. For example, like the security officers uh, in the, at the airport, for example, they they really, really want to be careful. So you, there's a possibility that you will have to, you know undergo like more than five checkpoints for example and where they're going to check your documents and everything so you have to be able to laugh at to laugh at the situation like you know like not condescend- you know you know like not condescendingly but more like yes i love you you know what i mean like like just, just have fun with it yeah so that's why like, that's a- i'm in bali who cares about five checkpoints yeah i mean like yeah. you're gonna get rewarded <laughs> after you know what i mean so like yeah so like yeah that's why it's a sense of humor <laughs> like like yeah, the ability, the ability, just like you shrug it up and everything. I think that's that's the first and foremost. It sounds simple, but it can save you from a lot of like hassles, you know, mentally. Mm-hmm. And of course, like and of course, like you know, the usual, like make sure you have your all documents, like make sure you're fully vaccinated. If you get booster, that's even better uh, because it can, you know, it can save you from a lot of like crap that's going on. It can get you out of a lot of troubles. I think that's it. I mean, like, uh, oh, but of course, like, um, make sure you keep up to date with the our website for the Ministry of Foreign <laughs> Affairs. That's that's really that's really really that's re- no because like for example, like, uh, one of the things that they really really want to do now is to reintroduce the visa on arrivals. Okay. Um, I'm uh, for that one. I'm not sure when they they want to do that. I may be mid March or maybe in April. I don't know that one because the all I all I know is the governor. Our governor like really is currently fighting for it to the central government. But uh, that's why I said like keep yourself up to date because like like yeah just you know like I mean I just I'm, I'm saying this from the heart. Like what if you come here like without the you know already applying and already applying for a visa and suddenly the visa on arrival is there like yeah so like just make sure you're up to date with that um yeah i mean like uh what else well to clarify on that point then yeah um so for the longest time you know indonesia's had visa on arrival and visa free entry for a lot of nationalities right but that was suspended during the pandemic and Mm -hmm. so people going to bali now they have to apply for a whether it be a tourist visa or a business visa online, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, you can apply it online. But like, I have a, I have a friend from Egypt that that's want to come here, and it's actually not that easy because, like, well, in his case, like he applied before all of this new updates coming in, mm-hmm. so he was going to hire mm-hmm. like an agency, which is he said it's double the price. So that can be yeah. discouraging for some people, you know? So that's why I sure. said like, yeah, like just keep, just keep up to date with the requirements and, you know, 
uh, keep opening coconuts Bali page. <laughs> you, no, that's, that's totally valid. I'm plugging myself. <laughs> so can you give us like a a ballpark figure as to how much one can expect to spend on visas and whatnot? Uh, good questions. Uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, it's around two hundred US dollars. I could be wrong though. I have to check for that. Yeah, that's like via the travel agent, right? Yeah, because... where they set you up with a sponsor and everything. Yeah. But the upside of that is like they're really gonna take care of you because mm. they're really gonna make sure you have all your documents correct and everything. It's almost like a new normal, if you know what I mean. So like, uh, because like people are not in the past, like it's so easy. I mean, I mean in the past you can just just book a flight. You know yeah, what I mean? Like exactly. just book a flight. Study. Just book a flight. Just book the flight and then just come and then just like everything will be fine. You know what I mean? So like, but now it's it's not easy uh, because like even. For example, like my friend, he wants to come here in June. For example, uh, he already contacted uh, this travel operator that was in like February the twenty or February twenty second. I forgot. And then like the travel agent basically told him like, yeah, you still need the business visa to come here, and we can help you with that. And then like, uh, and then my friend, uh, he's a lecturer, and he came to he he came to me later and was like, yeah, we're gonna wait. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, why? Because it was like, yeah, because like I'm paying for my partner as well. And then like it's it's around two hundred and two hundred fifty US dollar for a visa, and so we're just gonna wait. And you know, let's say they change again because they said like the e visa. Uh, he said will cost like 50 US dollars and yeah. then the agency will charge like 250 so but the but, but he, he yeah but he yeah but he does he does admit that the agency will I mean if if he can pay it well not well if he choose to pay it like maybe it will give him like a lot of like a break from from all the you know the mental hassle of everything because the agency basically gonna take sure. care of, of a lot but on on the other hand like well it's not it's not for everybody you know like not everybody has exactly. an extra two to 50 us dollars that you can just like throw right so yeah right uh, i guess you know travel agencies gotta make a buck somehow but like yeah like you said mm. like it's not as easy anymore to go like so what i'm hearing is basically um the lack of quarantine is sort of a step forward but it's not foolproof in ensuring that all travelers get to travel to bali completely hassle-free yeah 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 I, 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 and i was just gonna add like it, it's it's all it's it's like a It's like everybody everybody has something to lose here because like I mean if I if I'm a tra if I were a travel agency like of course like I would love for the visa arrival to be you know to be not available for like another extra month so I can make more bucks out of this. <laughs> but on the other hand, yeah. But on but on the other hand, like it's just not sustainable. Like what really what really yeah. is sustainable is the duration exactly. of, of installation of visa on arrival so people can more people can just come here without hassle. So yeah. <laughs> well, damn. But like, say that I, I'm sure that there are tourists who would still probably, you know, take their chances. Because I mean, you know, getting stuck at home for two years is no joke, right? So I'm yeah. sure, you know, there are people who would probably, you know, choose to still go through everything, like everything that you just mentioned, and you know, like just be like, fuck it, I wanna, you know, I want a change of scenery for once. Um, are there any policies or regulations in particular, aside from what you've mentioned, that tourists should take note of, like once they're on the island? Mm, well, yeah, I mean, like I, I can say, like as someone who actually here, like um, 
the, the, the usual, you know, like wearing masks and everything. Although, like, I know some establishment that they're they're pretty loose about it. Uh, okay. But yeah, like, but one thing, like, I mean, especially if you're driving, uh, you know, a rented motorbike, like, just make sure you have the, those facial masks handy, handy, because sometimes the police can, I mean, the police are still allowed to stop you and basically you know, give you a hard time. I, I mean, this is kind of interesting because I think late last year, like they said, like they will deport uh, foreigners who don't wear uh, facial masks while driving around. Wow. Mm-hmm. But but recently, like I see many people, ma- ma- many people just don't do that anymore and and they're fine. But we just don't know. I mean, I, I have a feeling, I have a feeling that um, once they allow more foreigners to come here, there will be they will be even stricter with these kind of rules because they want to show you know you know it's almost like flexing muscles for sure. the you know for, for the indonesian like hey like we really really enforce this you know what i mean so like if right. you really are coming here yeah just like make sure you know like like the whole thing like um wearing masks you know like make sure that if you enter a, a certain establishment and they tell you to wear a mask like just don't just don't just don't be a diva about it and just you know and of course uh and, <laughs> and, and then of course wear a mask yeah, and, and of course like uh make sure you download uh peduli lindungi which is the which is the app that people use to answer some malls for example Make sure you register there upon, uh, before you're coming here, so you can show that you can just scan a QR code there and basically showing that you are vaccinated and you are here. You know, follow complying with all the rules and everything. And I just yeah. wanted to quickly compare Andra because you're in Jakarta and Amal is in Bali. And Amal, yeah. you've been talking about you know the face mask situation. How you know like there are bars or certain establishments that aren't so strict in in um, enforcing the face mask requirement. Would you say that's the same situation in Jakarta, Andra? Like, what's the what's the situation looking like over there? Um. No, I haven't been to Bali in the past two years or you know since the pandemic began. So I don't really know what it's like there other than, you know, like seeing photos and videos of the people, you know, out in public. And they do seem to be a lot more relaxed than us here in Jakarta. Okay. We, we, most of us don't really have uh, any issue. I, I like, as the mal put it, we're not, re- we're not divas about being told to wear um, <laughs> masks. Um, there have haven't been any like major cases of uh, people in Jakarta, uh, you know, uh, quote unquote, going viral for not wearing a mask. Like I remember in Bali, uh, I think it was last year. Um, I think it was um, some Russian uh, tourist. She was told to wear a mask by a security guard, right, uh, mm-hmm. in a shopping center, and um, in an act of, you know, it's really weird act of defiance. She painted on a, a mask oh, on her face. God. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, how we're, can we're I really forget that first? <laughs> In Jakarta, we're really not that averse to masks, like at all, and like other protocols. It's a given at this point, you know. Yeah. Okay. So, like, you walk down the street and you expect more or less everybody to be masked on. Yeah. yeah. Unless you're like, you know, outside, uh, people sure. are pretty relaxed outside. But like in shopping malls and offices, we're pretty good. Yeah. Cool. And that's why that's why uh, I said earlier, like, if you want to go to, if you're going Bali and you see locals with masks, they're probably Jakartans. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
Yeah. But I mean, that's running, gonna count for something, right? It's a, it's a running yeah. joke, and and we 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 say we say that endearingly, basically. We, we're basically making fun of ourselves because hey, look at our Jakarta friends, like they're actually complying with the rules. We're not, you know what I mean? So like, yeah. yeah. Oh, we're also the leading. Um, you know, we have the most number of cases and most number of deaths in Jakarta, so. Um, it's a different ball game, really. Yeah. But uh, taking uh, going back to the whole um, tr- uh, tourism thing, among mm. say I go to Bali in the next month or soon, can I like expect um, you know cheaper accommodation, cheaper um, tickets to get into establishments? You know, because as we all know, uh, the demand hasn't been great uh, in the past couple of years. Mm, yeah, that's that's actually a very interesting question because uh, because like uh, I know a place in Ubud, for example, I think it used to be uh, around five million Indonesian rupiah, which is around you know almost three uh, like around three hundred and fifty US dollars, mm. and now it's basically like maybe like it's 30 it's like 70 percent off right now it's for one month and it, it's a place in ubud like you know a lot of like foreigners usually come and stay here for longer and yeah but but if you i i think it's just like it's just like economy logic or business logic so you can expect cheaper price the earlier you get here it's more likely for you to get like cheaper prices but as you know like as more people come in and it's like it's gonna gradually come up i think sure yeah but yeah i mean like at least if you come in the next uh if you if you are coming in the next few weeks or like even month like i it, it is gonna be cheaper compared to the before the pandemic absolutely yeah absolutely and on that note like if i go there would i expect all the usual businesses uh to be open like now in march or in april are they all reopening again can i expect like delicious bobby gulling on the uh, on the street now well bobby gulling is here to stay (laughs) (laughs) what is Uh, that uh it's uh it's suckling pig right yeah suckling pig there we go oh okay you put it on the rotating roast thing yeah no we have the same thing we call it lechon yeah okay cool like with the the crispy skin yeah yes okay awesome oh my god yeah i mean it's always gonna be here that one andra don't worry about it (laughs) but uh yeah yeah But I think like uh, what's exciting is like there are some like niche uh, like fancy. Well, not, I wouldn't say fancy, but more like the top restaurants that I know like starting to be open. Like there's this one restaurant in Ubud. Um, I forget the name. Hujan something or Hujan Local or something like they were closed for like a year. And then I think two weeks, actually two weeks before the government announced uh, the gradual opening of the airport in October, like they start opening again, for example. Uh, there's also one restaurant in Changu who started to open again last month after like nine months of like with no operations. And one thing that uh, one thing that people should know is like, there are numbers of restaurants uh, that are actually open during the pandemic. So you can also expect like, you know, like new, I guess, I guess, I guess like for them, like it, it's bound to happen because of course, like the, you know, the prices for the property are getting lower because of the pandemic. So of course, mm-hmm. like people with capital, like it's gonna, they're gonna like make the most of these opportunities. And you can also see, so in addition to see some restaurants that are trying to make a comeback, you will also see new places as well that actually come here during the pandemic, you know? So yeah, it's quite exciting actually. Like I mean, I mean, personal on a personal level, like I can't wait to see where this is going. You know, 
because mm-hmm. it is it, it's been too long and like I mean, I have to confess, like when I first got here, like a couple of the first couple of weeks, I was actually enjoying it. I mean, I know it sounds so bad and tone deaf, perhaps, but I was kind of enjoying it because because, you know, like there's one there, there's roads in like Seminyak or Kuta where you yeah, it's 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 always packed uh, before the pandemic. And I was like, oh, how am I going to get out of here? <laughs> uh, sure. as the, when I first got here, I was like, oh, this is nice. This is nice. Like every, every everywhere is everywhere is close. Uh, and, you know, everywhere is so near. It's only take me five minutes but of course only that that only lasts for two weeks or even less than that you know after that i was like you know what this is sad <laughs> and I, and then it's been like that for two years so i'm excited actually yeah, uh, like it ain't Bali without the crowds. Yeah, so yes. yeah, um, say that you've convinced me to go. Like everything included, like everything included, you know, like the multiple checkpoints, you know, everything that needs to be settled before getting there. And you know, I end up booking, you know, what a trip to Bali, for example, next month. Um, mm-hmm. if I want to be respectful to Balinese customs and traditions. What are the do's and don'ts that, you know, foreigners like me should take note of while in Bali? Let's see. Well, the well, the first and foremost are like, of course, like know that the Balinese, even though they're quite pious, like, you know, they're very traditional and everything. Like the cool thing about the Balinese people are like they never impose it on you. You know, like they they will never, you know, like. Hey, would you like to talk to us about our God? You know, like they 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 never do that. Like, you know, so I'm sorry. No offense to other believers. I'm just giving an example. Oh my <laughs> <Anyway>. god. <laughs> sorry, but like, no, but 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 they never do that. Like Balinese never do that. So so that being said, you really have to get uh, take that and be grateful with that and don't overstep boundaries like um not so much now i guess because of the pandemic so no so no there's there are not really cases like this but you know like in the past like people will you know do like stupid stuff like what did like this one this one couple like had sex in this temple <laughs> or like i know Ooh, it's horrible or like, or like i know or, or like washing their behind on this um fountain in one of the sacred temple and i was like what and they're doing it for content for their social media Jesus. you know what i mean yeah and and uh, yeah so that's like that's like next level of stupid for me so i, I, <laughs> I know I, I mean these are like do's and don'ts that i feel like should come with common sense right like, <laughs> yes. like you don't have to have like a fucking poster plastered on like hey please don't have sex in our sacred temple <laughs> exactly. or please don't wash your behind like with you know in <laughs> Yeah, exactly, in the temple, exactly. like that's 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 fucking stupid. Yeah, yeah. I I just I, I just wish that I mean like people can be like um you know know that Balinese are actually quite they're quite chill actually. I mean like in terms of that, but like that being said, again, so like 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 don't overstep your welcome. You know what I mean? So like mm. sure, and you know like if you're entering certain temples, like you might be required uh, for women, for example, like you might be required to wear a certain cloth, like, like, a, like a certain piece of fabric, for example, just wear it, like don't question it. 
and yeah, there's one helpful. yeah, yeah there, there, like there's one temple that that's very very strict about uh women on period like you're, you're not supposed to enter because because that's what they believe you know what oh. i mean so like i mean and i am in a bit but well they don't right? check that right uh yeah but you know you know when you do <laughs> yeah yeah so right? it's like so a self-trust thing yeah. right yeah yeah, yeah i mean it's like yeah but, yeah and, and like i'm sure like i mean we can talk long and long hours about like how this is not feminism and and, and everything but like in terms of like well you're in bali and it's not like something that is too extreme. They just ask you, well, don't enter it during this because, you know, that's sure. what we believe. I, I don't think it's not for me. It's not that big of a deal. So, mm-hmm. you know, but in the in the past, there's this one, there's this one Instagram influencer or whatever, basically like making a case on Instagram, <laughs> on her Instagram post, like how this is actually society backwards, yada, 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 you know? So, yeah, maybe don't do that. <laughs> no, so, no, yeah. yeah. Mm. oh man yeah that's 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 a bummer mm. i mean yeah like i mean you get it but also at the same time you know you, you just gotta respect other people's traditions right like when in yeah. bali do as the balinese do yeah yeah and and because they're quite chill about it like i mean as far as i know like for example like uh, like like those people who for example do the, the the ones that i mentioned that disrespecting the temple like as far as i know they they got a slap on the wrist like you know what i mean so like yeah. the, the thing is like what concerns me is like if, if this sort of behavior like keep piling up like like do you really want to see a balinese get angry <laughs> like don't it, it's not it's not pleasant really mm-hmm. like you know what they say like usually the quiet ones are more dangerous so yeah let's put it that way so like don't i mean they're so welcoming and everything but like yeah like don't 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 push don't push it you know what i mean so yeah but but in general yes but but in general i mean like yeah i mean like 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 sam said earlier like it's it's basically common sense you know like um just just follow i mean like there uh there are some places there there are quite superstitious you know like don't really don't don't question it like if someone said please don't go to that waterfall just follow it you know like like it's it's really i mean it's not like you're gonna get one million dollars if you do it you know (laughs) (laughs) so just so just don't do it, you know, like, because like, I don't know, like, it, it, it's, uh, you know, like, it's all superstitious. It's, it's all superstition and everything. But it, there's something about this island that 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 that's why they call it the island of gods, right? So like, there's an energy. And I mean, I'm not, I don't want to sound like, 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 I'm a psychic or whatever. But like, like there is some... Yeah, but there, 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 there's something about that 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 really that, that can that can change your perspective. Like if you're here for a while and everything, and then you can feel it. Like it's really vibes here. So whatever you. I mean, you, there's a reason. There. Eat, pray, love as a movie and as a book, uh, exists, right? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh, Andres is God. I mean, oh, I had go. to say it because I mean, yeah, right. Like <laughs> it's all about like it's all about that. And I mean, come on, Andra, you can't hate on it because it is responsible for much of the international tourism that Bali has enjoyed in the past years, right? I mean, <laughs> I do <laughs> like it or I not, do, hate it or not, yeah. <laughs> I do enjoy me some Javier Bardem, so I, I guess. Oh, now we're talking. Now we're talking. Hey, I should add though. I should add though for somebody who's never been to Bali. Um, if you see like the offerings and leaves, like flowers and leaves or whatever, uh, they're like strewn like on the side of the road pretty much everywhere. Please don't pick that up. 
or oh, you yes. know worse step on it you know because oh yeah. like some people have been known to do that yeah that's just yeah. a big big no-no yeah exactly yeah i forgot to add that i mean like i mean like to be honest like if you're not aware of it for example like you accidentally step on it like it's fine it is part i mean i mean i'm not yeah. saying it's fine sorry but like like well you did you didn't mean to you know so like well it happens but like please avoid doing it on purpose you know what i mean so like like really really like step on it with 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 an intent okay. you know like so it's I mean, not I, so much the act but the intent that yeah that makes it bad okay yeah, i mean of okay. course i mean, I mean I, ideally you just avoid it you know what i mean but you know accidents happen you know like because it is everywhere so like and then like but this is where you know like again i'm not trying to sound like anything like this is where the mindfulness really really works sure <laughs> like, because because they're literally everywhere like it can be it can be put like behind your scooter for example sometimes so that's so that's when you have to be mindful about it what i'm trying to say is like don't feel like you're stepping on you know a floor like filled with shattered glass like you don't have to be like that careful as well because well you're not going to enjoy yourself and as far as i know like the more you're anxious about something you're actually going to do it you know what i mean so like the more you're like i'm not supposed to step on it i'm not supposed to step on it and then you're going to step on it and you're going to feel that right exactly so yeah so so just so just 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 relax about it but as long as you're keeping good intent and you know you be mindful but not to the point if you're getting anxiety because of it i think you're going to be fine yeah. Amal just described me. <laughs> that is so me. <laughs> like, you know, just trying to overthink it and actually doing the opposite. But yeah, like, I'm not nervous. To know. I'm not nervous. I'm not nervous. Why do you say I'm nervous? I'm not nervous. I'm not nervous. <laughs> you know, like, exactly. something like that. Exactly. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, so good um, to I, know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know if, um, again, I've, like, full disclaimer, I have not seen Eat, Pray, Love. Yeah, going back to Eat, Pray, Love. But uh, I don't know if they've captured a lot of like all of uh, Bali's goodness in that movie. Um, so I want to turn to you, Amal, to give us um, travel recommendations while in Bali. Well, Ubud is never, it's never gets old. I mean, like if you do watch It's Prayer Love, um, you will feel like Ubud is situated uh, on the more northern part of Bali. You know, like it's more higher altitude. So you see, you know, Paddy fields and it's more colder. It's a bit, it's a bit cooler. Sorry, it's a bit cooler. Um, it's a good place if you're into wellness, you know, like into wellness, like meditations and yogas. And if you're into crystals, the, there you go. The, you found your crowd here. <laughs> so of course, that one. Like, of course, like the the bread and butter of Bali has always been their beaches and surfings. Um, nightclubs are always in. Like, um, make sure you check out Changu because Changu is like. It's pretty interesting if you see in Changu because like it it's like the if Bali places are socialites, then Changu is the new it girl. You know what I mean? So like it's the new there's something about That's Changu. That's so that... interesting. Yeah. I've never heard that description before, but I get it's pretty No, actually, I have. Because that's exactly how my friends described it. No, that's so cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because like it's, anyway. it's, it's new restaurants every every time I well, not not every time I go there, but you know, like it's it's almost like it keeps growing. So make sure you check that out. A lot of beautiful people there too. So there you go. If you're on Cinder and you go to Changu, you will never, never out of matches. <laughs> I love <laughs> so single people gotta take note you know when you when you yeah. want to swipe right better go to changu <laughs> better go to changu. oh my god that, that should be their tech lines 
<laughs> swipe right in Changu. Uh, you want to swipe right? Right at Changu. Oh my God, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you Look. know the, the the tourism board or ministry or something should should hire us. You yes, <laughs> and also like that. I mean, like uh, Uluwatu, like uh, has a lot of beautiful beaches. It's like a lot of surfers go there. Uh, if you go to Uluwatu, they'll like make sure make sure you're being mindful because like a lot of the destinations of the you know they have white sandy beaches and everything, but still like uh, it's quite a hassle to go there because it's quite rocky and the mm. the steps going to these beaches can be quite steep so be careful mm. uh going to the the most north part of bali of lofina like if you can get there like and get a maybe like maybe stay there overnight and if you go to the bay during the dawn and then you can hire like a local fisherman's boat and then you can maybe maybe you can catch dolphins i mean not catch you know what i mean like you can ca- catch the site you know you can catch the yeah, sides of dolphins and lofina no, it's it's no no they're 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 quite docile like dolphins like you know uh, they're fun. Okay. Why well, you have you have oh let's talk about this. You have you have a problem with dolphins. <laughs> uh, long story oh short, I have, a, I have I have a massive massive dolphin phobia. Let's oh. just that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was about to say yeah. Well, well as uh, as long as okay, so for for listeners like as long as you don't have a dolphin phobia, you'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and what what I like about Bali is like there's everything for everybody. You know what I mean? So like if mm-hmm. you're here, if you're here for like one thing that's kind of in right now is like one of the, they said it's a healing journey, you know, like uh, a lot. There's this tradition called Malukat, uh, which is basically a self soul purification ritual that right now is very in, especially among travelers where you would go to certain places and you will take a bath and basically you're like, you know, starting fresh and everything uh it's becoming like a like one of the things to do in bali for example so yeah i mean like that's basically it like um and also like of course like when i say everything's for there's there's a little bit of everything for and for everybody so like if you want to go fancy for fancy restaurants you can also go to seminyak you know like if you're more into wellness and healing you can go to ubud so like there's always places for anybody so yeah so speaking thing. of fancy restaurants in Seminyak and Babi Gulang, I got that right, right? Mm, Guling. Guling. Yeah, Guling. <laughs> okay, Babi Guling. Because I know that Babi means pig, basically. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, any food recommendations that tourists should take note of while in Bali? You know, whether high or Oh, we're going to need another hour for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll try, to, we'll, we'll try to squeeze it in the next few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well well the lo- locals are obviously it's always like the suckling pick the bobby guling is always in uh we have a lot of varieties of satay uh you know uh bali has this they call it satay lilit uh it's basically mm. either a minced beef or chicken fish and then it's mixed with coconut coconut milk and then they they will blend it with vegetables and spices, and then they wrap it around bamboo, sugarcane, or 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 I I think they usually use the lemongrass sticks, and then grill okay. it over charcoal. Oh my god! Just talking about it, yum. <laughs> okay. Like, talk- <laughs> that one, <laughs> and like second second pick is everywhere, and of course our soybean cakes. Uh, if you ever travel to Jimbaran, uh, make sure you do the. The must do in Jimaran is always enjoying seafood as seeing you as you know, as the sunset, always a thing. 
Um, wow. Yeah, of course, the, the nasi goreng, the fried rice is always everywhere. It's basically a 20, it's almost a 24 hour savior if you're hungry because it's always there. Uh, yeah. Our nasi goreng is always, I mean, like when we talk about nasi goreng, it's not just valley. So it's basically around Indonesia, it's, it's pretty much fried rice. Nasi goreng is always a thing. So, yeah. And of course, lawar, which is uh, chopped what meat. What is that? Uh, it's basically a mixture of like chopped meat, you know, veggies, great grated coconuts and spices. Huh. And then like, yeah, I mean, uh, well, in some parts of Bali, oh, this is going to be a bit graphic. Well, sometimes they will mix it with fresh animal animal blood, <laughs> actually. Right. To yeah, the I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. But there's all but there's also the the vegan or vegetarian versions that doesn't contain meat or blood. So there you go. So it's. There's like I said, there there's everything for everybody. That's yeah, would you say would you say there are like more exotic or extreme food recommendations that maybe mm. one should consider trying? I I, I uh, like as a side note though, I should stress that um, there in Bali people do sell dog meat. Please stay away from that because I just can't bear the thought of it. So um, yeah, but please. Uh, yeah, if, if you know any, like a little, something like Lawar, you know, with blood. Yeah, that one. I mean, like, well, yeah, and that, that's the thing about like, Darmin, for example, like it, it's pretty much like, how do you put that? It, it's, a, it's a really, really specific and niche community. Sure. Yeah. Like, I mean, as far as I know, like, uh, well, I hope I will never find out even if there is, but like, yeah, but like there, there's, there's, there's no restaurant that sells dog meat as far as I know. Maybe there is, but like, but it's very, very discreet. Yeah. Quiet. So as long as you stay in the tourism areas, you'll be fine. Yeah. So but, nobody's going to like come at you with like surprise meat, right? Like they're, yeah. they're going to disclose it. <laughs> yes. And then like, but yeah. Uh, so don't worry about it. I mean, I, I, unless you're like really, really going to like really deeper part of Bali, maybe. Sure. But yeah, but, uh, the, the lawar, the one, the one that they uh, sometimes put blood, uh, usually pigs, uh, pork blood. Uh, that's that's mm. pretty much the one of the most unusual one. Um, but I imagine the blood to be like it's gonna be cooked, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not like fresh, like uncooked blood. So right, and it's. I, so I guess it I guess like Balut, Balut yeah. is like more extreme, right? I yeah, guess. we don't have that here though. I never tried them. I'm, I'm curious. I love that everybody knows balut. Like here am I asking <laughs> all about the, like the Balinese and the Indonesian dishes, and then like with balut, we're just all like, oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because no, we, we all well, know what an aborted duck egg is. <laughs> I mean, I I know it because of the Amazing Race, like the Asian ah. version of Amazing Race. Like they 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 talk about it. I was like, oh, that one. So it's no, yeah, but iconic. like the th right. I mean, the things that you mentioned, like you know, like in the Philippines, like we're definitely no stranger to that. Like we've had we mm. have like coagulated blood as well, like skewered on sticks and sold on the streets. And yeah, like balut would definitely be like. One of the yeah more one of the, like the more extreme ones, but you know you you see it everywhere. Yeah, but yeah. Yes. So, so to you're know. gonna feel right at home in Bali, San. Probably, yeah. Uh, mid March. Uh, mid March, yeah. yeah. Oh, why not? Why not? Yeah, like if we could get past like all those, you know, five, you know, like the five checkpoints, and you know, like I need to pack a huge, like a sense of humor, like Amal said, which you <laughs> said I have a serious shortage of. <laughs> yeah, maybe I could. <laughs> I You're gonna hold that against you know, me for a long time. Venturing a trip, I know. It's gonna be a running gag. <laughs> I'm kill you, I'm kidding. Yeah. 
Anyway, yeah, it's it's so, been so lovely to chat with you, Amal, about Bali's present, uh, short term so, future, yeah. and hopefully Likewise. revival in the long term. Oh, yeah, and, um, yeah, we hope to catch you again soon. Hopefully, when everything's uh, back to normal in Bali, and um, yeah. if we yes. do go over there, there are definitely way less hurdles for me to go over there. So you know, you might expect me in Bali in one month or two. But for Sam, Sam, just, uh, <laughs> yeah, Sam, keep up to date with Coconuts Bali, uh, first and foremost. And of I course, will. the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and um, all the visa requirements if you do want to join us in Bali. Yeah, for sure. Like, you never know. We could all have like a Coconuts reunion in Bali. That would be, that would be great. So yeah, wink, definitely. Wink. <laughs> wink, wink. But yeah, like we, we could, like, definitely the, the quarantine free travel is, is a good you know, first step towards a hopefully smoother travel back to Bali. Yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah. All right, then. Thank you so much, Amal. Yeah, thank you, Amal, for talking to us about Bali. Of course, the pleasure's all mine. Like, I, I like doing this, so I hope to see you guys soon. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No, for sure, for sure, yeah. All right, bye-bye. All right, bye. Okay, see you guys soon. All right, Sam, with all those points that have been laid out by Amal regarding quarantine-free travel, which is happening very soon in Bali, but of course there are caveats. Are you going to come down to the island you know, of the gods? It, honestly, Andra, it would really depend on the whole visa travel situation. <laughs> but mm. I mean, right now, the quarantine thing, it's really, it's really promising. So yeah, you know, who knows? Maybe down the line, if, you know, situation further improves, maybe I'll see you down in Bali. <laughs> yeah, I might just, actually, yeah. it's not actually that far uh, from Jakarta to Bali, like flight wise, it's, I guess, a couple of hours, two hours. Um, but if Yay, I were to drive there, reunion. it might take yeah. me a whole day. Um, yeah, now, I could, I could like, in. Just I guess this is this is Indonesian privilege. I mean, I could just one day decide on a whim. I'm gonna go to Bali and find myself there by the end of the day. I'm no, sorry that it. you can't I mean, have that yet. Oh, whatever. <laughs> no, but <laughs> but no, yeah, uh, please, but you know that's please, really great. News. Please don't quote mm-hmm. me. Please don't quote me. Uh, you or anybody listening. But my hunch, my hunch is that Indonesia will reinstate visa free travel or at least like visa on arrival in a couple of months that's my hunch that's where we're going I that's guess where we'll we're see. heading we'll see if you're right and then we'll probably do a little coco reunion with them all in bali yeah and maybe we'll record the podcast from bali one day yeah that would be awesome all right on that hopeful note it's time to end the show for this week yep. see you guys and next we'll week see you next week bye-bye bye thanks for listening if you'd like to support Coconuts and our weird and wondrous stories, you can become a Coco Plus member at coconuts.co slash membership, make a patron payment at coconuts.co slash patron, or buy a fresh merch at the coconut shop at shop.coconuts.co. Advertise with our in-house agency Grove. Fast, funny, digital. Join forces with us to slay buzzwords, rise above the noise, and sow the seeds of something great. Get in touch via coconuts.co slash grove. Subscribe to the podcast and leave reviews. Tell us how you feel and what you like and don't like. We're excited to hear from you. 
The Coconuts Podcast delivers impactful, weird, and wondrous reporting by our journalists on the ground in eight cities. Singapore, Bangkok, Hong Kong, Manila, Jakarta, Kuala Lumpur, Yangon, and Bali. Listen to headline news and insightful interviews on matters large and small designed for people located in or curious about Southeast Asia and Hong Kong. The Coconuts Podcast is a Coconuts Media production. Our hosts are Samantha Beltran and Andre Nazri. Our executive producer is Byron Perry. Our production manager is Clarissa Cortez. And our editor is Paul Medina. Paul Medina.